0: 3 podcast i'm your host ruckman with me this week are both my co-hosts chris and ricky Jones. say hello hey how's it going i don't know if you guys know this but something pretty big happened and that's we're getting triumphs again in in we're finishing the triumphs in pioneer wow that's exciting that's really big news i can't think yeah. of any other news that would shake the pioneer format more uh yeah i got nothing chris you got any thoughts no, let's
1: pack it in a good episode All right, guys
0: well uh well, thanks for tuning in. I want to shout out to our Patreon supporters, patreon.com crew3mtg. You got all those cool tiers available there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, by now you see the fact that we have however many minutes left in the runtime. Uh, and by no doubt you've seen all the news everywhere that of course there was a big kind of surprise ban list drop uh just yesterday so we're gonna cover that we're gonna talk a little bit about the triumphs as well and then uh that's kind of it because (laughs) the big list announcement will have a lot of repercussions in the format and i think it also leads to and points to some interesting ideas for pioneer and sort of where pioneer as a whole stands in the eyes of wizards so, uh, before we do that, though, gentlemen, anything, uh, before
1: we get started? I mean, you can find me on Twitter at it's underscore oh, Christmas, and Christmas has no T.
2: <laughs> I played a lot of Magic this past week. Nice. Yeah?
0: With Did you, uh, unknowingly play your last games with Luris?
2: I didn't play any Luris games. I played a lot of Grease Fang, uh, and took, took down, uh, second place in an FNM, and, uh, took down a little local cash tournament with Grease Fang. Nice. And, uh... Oh, I won the Golden Greed Demon. Ooh, that's right. That's sweet, yeah. Playing some uh, some limited format nonsense, and uh, things get worse because that premium store has more to give out, and their next tournament that they're going to give it out through uh, is through a Commander League. Ew, oh. ew. I've seen the the points list, and uh, I guess every Sunday I'm going to be showing up and trying to win on turn three
0: with Storm. Is it it Brothers Yamazaki time again? No,
2: no, no. I read through all the points, and there's no, like, there's not that many cute points. In fact, you get a lot of points if you kill the whole table in one turn. Oh, so it's the reverse of Brothers
0: Yamazaki time. Yeah,
2: I'm just going to play my uh, Storm deck and try to win on turn three or turn four. And uh, not have a lot of commander fun or social interaction. But that's what happens when you put a $300 prize card up uh, for a commander event. So, You're you right. Anything but pioneer, apparently, uh, is the the motto
0: of this store for some reason. Oh man! Well, hopefully that will change. And also, I mean, hey, anything but pioneer seems to be the motto of StarCityGames.com. That's going to be <laughs> What kill magic this week. Uh, because I don't know if you saw this, but hey, we got another SCG contest for the end of April. But guess what? Once again, no pioneer.
1: Somebody's paying them. I don't know who. It is. Gonna gonna hate is going to hate. You know. They are. I mean,
0: like, look, I get it, like, Indy has the, like, the the 5k side event, and it's part of the team event, like, that's dope, that's great, but, like, there is a want for Pioneer, why isn't it, like, a 5k side event at every one of these events? Yeah, I Well, you I see agree. the
2: commander players are gonna take at least, you know, half the tables, right? And then the commander's tables, uh, like, next to the commander tables, you know, those are gonna be there for people to set all their commander decks on. Also, like, you know, in store plays getting back to it, right? And uh, I'm just going to say everybody's a little too lax. Please watch your stuff. Don't just walk away from the table and assume that the good community is going to watch it for you. Nothing's been stolen, but like, guys, please, at least say, can you watch my stuff? I'm going to the bathroom. Because, like, I've seen way too many people way too lax at these shops. Someone's going to find out quickly how many DeWalt toolboxes fit in their trunk. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, be careful with these big events coming, especially if you've just been chill, like putting all your commander boxes on a separate table and playing your game, completely not looking at where your bags are, like, please don't steal, but also don't... These streets do be cold.
1: These streets do be cold.
0: Don't make yourself stealable easily. Look, like I remember, like, I know we've all been playing a lot of Master Duel lately, but, like, we're not Yu-Gi-Oh! players. No, we're
2: not Yu-Gi-Oh! players. I'm just happy that so far our communities have been good enough, that nothing's been missing around here as of late. But just please, I'm just like, hey, just ask me yeah. to
0: watch it. So, real quick, obviously, the ban announced it's going to be most of this show. But we did get a little tease, a little taste, if you will, of New Capetta. So, uh, let's take a minute to talk about that. Um, hey, confirmed shards. Shards are great. Confirmed triumphs, but they're not called triumphs. That's a little annoying, but hey, at least we're finishing the cycle. I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, I think that like the Bant one and uh, probably Esper, pretty much all the blue ones are going to be a big deal. I think.
1: Yeah, is is the in the Jund one? Is in this one, right?
0: Yeah, Jund one. Yeah,
1: I mean, like uh, most of the ones that we wanted, honestly, were here. Like, uh, if we were reversed, I think. Uh... This this set, this new Triumph Cycle, I,
2: is probably better than the old one. You know? Yeah, I think it's fair. The Jund one is a boxing ring. It's so good. Like, that's so amazing. That's what I want every Jundland to be.
0: I'm <laughs> definitely, <laughs> like... The Riveteers are probably my, my mob I'm joining. Oh, man. Already, huh? Yeah.
2: You
1: committed, huh? You join the family?
0: I mean, like, okay. The Naya one does have, like... Mr. Kitty as the mob boss, and that's pretty <laughs> cool. But a bunch of goblin construction workers working for a demon dragon with boxing rings in the warehouses—that's my sh. Right, right, right.
2: I hear you with that. I just wish the Grixis one was a little cooler looking. I just don't yeah. want. I just don't want to be the vampire shard. But like, it's Grixis. I
0: love Grixis. Anyways, I'm very hyped about New Penna. The I this probably, like, oh man. I'm actually kinda glad I have been buying all the black on black basics I need because like these might be my forever basics. The See, Metropolis Plains is my favorite planes ever, here's hands the thing, down. Right. Everybody was like, Oh, we gotta buy all
2: the black on black ones, right? And then the the hakara E lands came out and everybody's like, These are the best basic lands I've ever seen in my life. And I'm pretty sure that like in by Brothers War, they're just going to be like gold-plated basics
1: right
0: yeah that's a pokemon does it there's gonna be a like complete diamond grills on all of the forests you know i mean look the the art deco basics like
2: i love them just
0: hit a point that like i didn't know i need look like the the other ones like the the kind of the bioshock basics or whatever people are calling them those are great but i'm here for the art deco i don't like the art deco island It's not very Art Deco. I might just use the uh, Paradise Lost Island still. But, like, that plains, that mountain, the forest, the swamp is growing on me now that I look at it. I've got, like, I've looked at it longer. Ugh, they're just so great. I still think that little Steampunk
2: Mountain from Kamigawa. Yeah. With the little village in the snow. Mm Mm-hmm. Best mountain. Best mountain ever. I don't know. I like the City Art Deco Mountain now. We should get the, uh, we should get... At Basic Mountain himself on
0: here to judge the mountains for us, judge, judge all the mountains, uh, and then of course we got one card spoiled. Broker's ascendancy, we're getting an ascendancy cycle back. Uh, what do you think of the, the broker ascendancy? Uh, it's banned for an enchantment at the beginning of your end step. Put a one-one counter on each creature you control, and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. It seems powerful but slow.
1: Yeah, I think it to remember is it like. You know, in in the first cycle of those, a lot of them were pretty garbage. You know, like they were standard playable, right? Like people mm-hmm. people did build decks around them, but you know, you had Mantis Riders. Like people were very easily beating down with Mantis Riders and humans and things like that. So, you know, uh, I I'm not sure what to expect here. You know,
2: I mean, Jeskai Ascendancy is still seen playing Pioneer.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's the one good one. It's just like Lurrus being the companion, I guess, on top of Yorian. Right? You could ever forget about Yorian. One hundred percent. People
0: but... keep trying to make teamer ascendancy happen in Pioneer. Sure. And I can't tell you what I can't tell you what the other setencies do. Uh, the Mardu one lets you get goblins and it lets you sack for plus two
2: toughness to your board. Oh, great! Yeah, perfect. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the Sultai one lets you uh, surveil one every upkeep. Right. Okay. There you go. That's the, all of them. And what about the uh, the Abzan one, Ricky? The Abzan one puts a 1-1 counter on all creatures you control when it enters the battlefield. And then whenever a creature you control with a 1-1 counter leaves the battlefield, you get a 1-1 spirit token. Oh, that's not awful. Yeah. It combos with my broker ascendancy. Hey, hey, hey there we go. There we go. There we,
0: that's it. That's the deck. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's time. Can we press what the button? What time is it? Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's press it one last time.
1: Hold on. I've got something. This is pretty big news, actually. Um, as you guys know, I am, um, you know, the number one MTG journalist in the world right now. Um, a lot of specialized training and I don't know if you guys saw it, but they did announce a new secret layer. Did you guys see this? No. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and swear since we've already had one swear in the show. All right. Um, it's It's not a typical secret layer, right? There's no cards involved. They just built a giant f- money pit in the ground. and and that's where they're gonna put all their money. So it's a new secret layer. It's just an actual secret layer where they're gonna put all the money they've made this last year and a half. So there you go. Breaking news out of uh, Crew Three podcast. Did the recent oh, staff
2: changes of uh, all of the different online magic journalism sites recently? enhance your ranking in Oh yeah. journalism. Yeah,
1: I was I was previously the number five journalist in all of Kazakhstan and uh now now I am number one journalist in all of America. Right.
2: Once we had to get Jerry T out of the way, you know, then it was right.
0: Right. so much room for you to grow. Where is Chris on the on power rankings?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, the the world may seventh, never know.
0: At least above Paul. Yeah, Paul I mean we all everyone knows Paul is prevalent on the bottom of the Qi on power rankings. Sounds right to me. Well, that's uh, that's some great investigative journalism.
1: You guys are very welcome, yeah.
2: What Olive Garden uh, host did you have to uh, get this information from? Shakedown, the one in Tequila, Washington. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: That's where all great journalists get their info is Olive Garden.
0: <laughs> okay, real quick, though. Speaking of journalism, I was watching Murder, Shiro with Merrily the other day. <laughs> as,
2: you know, <laughs> with good old... As- yeah. Is a very normal, relatable thing that everybody yeah. does. How's old 2022?
1: Angela Lansbury doing there, Ruckman? <laughs> well,
0: look, I may or may not be marrying a boomer, and I love her, yeah. and I'm here for murder. She wrote, right?
1: Now, let me ask you a question Is Angela Lansbury the character or the actress?
0: The actress,
1: okay. What's the character's name?
0: JB Fletcher. That is, is that she's the truth? one who wrote Murder, yeah. That her name is Jessica Fletcher. Jessica Fletcher. I
1: thought that was the main character in like uh, the Bird movie. With it's a battleground movie. What's that movie?
0: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, the birds, the birds, and uh, but it's got uh, Katniss Everdeen, and they all kill each other. You know, I volunteer myself Hunger as tributes.
2: Hunger,
0: Hunger
1: Games. Okay. That's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bird is the logo. That's where I got the, the birds.
0: Bird from. movie. Okay, okay, all right. Well, um, anyway, so this episode we watched. Yeah, star studded cast. Right. Uh, the reason why I made thought of it was it has LeVar Burton as a sports reporter. Wow. It had Ernst Borgnine as a boxing coach. Oh, classic. It had Adam West as a, like, big-time sports, like, match fixer. Oh. He's the one that gets murdered. And then it also had the one dude from Law & Order, like, the main Law & Order the guy. The one that
1: goes, dun-dun. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the old guy. guy
1: is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. The old yeah. lawyer. Yeah. He's either the lawyer or the cop.
0: No, no, no. He was he's the cop. He's the old, he's cop, the old cop, not the old cop. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Because he was a recurring character on Murder Wrote because he had like a spin-off series. Uh, his name was Harry McGraw.
1: Heck yeah. You guys just want to cancel this episode, just talk about old TV shows? Cause uh because like I was reminded that Tom Selleck exists today, and I was like, man, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've seen every freaking episode of Magnum PI. Because same thing, I watched that with my grandma along with Murder, She Wrote.
0: There, hey, I just also watched a crossover episode between Murder, She Wrote and Magnum P.I.
1: <laughs> you found the one episode I didn't see. I managed to not see the crossover episode of Magnum P.I. <laughs> and Murder,
0: She Wrote. <laughs> That's right. Well, you see, Magnum gets framed for murder Ooh. in his fir- in the first episode. In the second, the the the... The wrap up episode is the murder show episode where Jessica goes to Hawaii and proves Magnum's innocence. Of
1: course, you can't Jessica Fletcher doing all those Hawaii trips. I mean, at the time, Jessica Fletcher is old. Jessica Fletcher could have been Tom Selleck's character. And I don't remember Tom Selleck's character something Magnum. I'm sure they could have been his grandpa at the time, you know?
0: the the best thing with Magnum PI though big recommend looking up the the clip you can find this all over youtube because apparently though the the collective internet rediscovered the scene where Magnum PI shoots a nun yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Classic. she was
0: a, an assassin disguised as a nun right uh, which is great because the let me the scene is just Magnum is chasing after this assassin dressed as a nun and then she rounds a corner and is, like, acting like she's cleaning a window, mm-hmm. and Magnum's like, oh, hello, sister, have a great day, and she's like, yeah, you too, and then he just goes, wait a minute, nuns don't work on Sundays. Right,
1: turns around and pops a cap. Yeah. He starts blasting. How hey, you know who else got popped a cap in?
0: Uh, Luris? Luris
1: of the Dream Den. That Dream oh, Den right. was, was very much unlike the secret lair that Wizards is going to put all their money in, and he, uh, he got got.
0: Yeah, Luris, unfortunately, she was placed in a box that says, uh, looking for a good vintage home. That's right, that's right. Uh, also, the best art, art- altar I saw was someone took the little kitten on Luris' art and put it into the Kahiro the Orphan Guard art.
1: Yeah, yeah I saw that too, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, like we said, Luris was, of course, banned, and uh, here's what Wizards had to say about that. While considerably less dominant in Pioneer today, 20% in Magic Online League decks that started with four wins, we expect Lurse that Lurus' meta share will only grow as Pioneer's card pool expands. Our philosophy for Pioneer is to create the most compelling sandbox built from recent standard formats. As Pioneer continues to grow over time, that incentive of non-rotating formats to pick and choose the most efficient cards from each release will become more and more pronounced, and Lurus will only serve to accelerate that process. In the interest of preserving the diversity that Pioneer is enjoying, rather than waiting for the critical mass in which Lurus the Dream does problematic, it is banned in Pioneer. So I think we talk about the lyrics banning itself, um, the impact. And then I do want to end on, I think there is some stuff to unpack here about Pioneer overall. So let's uh, let's start with just initial reactions. Um, of course, we put up a little article co-authored by other playing Pioneer.com. So if you want to see my initial, initial reaction, like I, I typed it up on my phone as soon as the announcement came out. There's an article with all of the writers' thoughts on there. But, gentlemen, uh, why don't you just take a turn? We'll sort of give our initial thoughts. Uh, I'll just sort of reread what I said for playing Pioneer. You guys can give us your initial thoughts, and we'll kind of pick each other's thoughts apart here, and then kind of talk about where the format goes without Lurus. So who wants to go first? Ricky
1: can go first if you
0: want. Sure, I'll go first. I think this ban was inevitable.
2: Pioneer, sorry, Companion is a broken mechanic. A lot of people will say that Loris isn't that powerful. It costs six mana. Everybody knows that you're going to do it. And they can just thought season it out of your hand. They can just be ready for it. But the thing is, what Loris lets you do is it lets you trade your three drops for consistency. Magic is a game about assessing risk and knowing when or when not you can mitigate variance. And with Companion, you know that I always have this card available to me at any point in time because i built my deck in a certain way. And so I think that ultimately cards like that, that also being hybrid, meaning like any color, any deck that is even remotely white or black will play it. I mean, I was even joking that in mono blue Spirits, because nothing costs three or more anyway, you could just play some white blue lands and splash your Lurus anyways, because it's free. Sure. I think that uh, removing this opens up deck building, de-homogenizes the format a little bit, before it gets to start getting homogenous. It already was starting to homogenize on purpose. Chris, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, again, this is just one of those things where, like, typically when we get serious about bands, like, again, we, we've talked about them before. as like, interesting pieces of, like, hey, like, you know, this is a fun format that we love, right? I, I almost exclusively play this in draft. I don't really play modern or standard, although that might change. We'll see. Um, you know, we, we've been pretty in unison on on changes that we want to see to the format. Right. Like we we've we've had some contentious discussions about Phoenix and whatnot as, as it was going to happening. But we were really still like, hey, let's see, especially over the last weeks, you've really just here say, why is Luris in this format? Like, like, what does it do? You know, and I think Ricky hit the nail on the head. But I think it comes down to even if you want to make arguments about power level and they're they're fine arguments. Right. You know, Luris just wasn't doing anything for the format. Like I was never like, oh, I can't wait to see what cool thing my opponent did with Luris. Right, right. It, it took up a sideboard spot. It was never doing anything good for the format. It only had potential to get worse, just as Wizard said. And I think that's where you kind of come at is like we were all in agreement this needed a band. So, you know, my my angle on this, I, I have nothing, you know, a, a more of value to say that Ricky pretty much didn't already say other than to tackle it of if you're skeptical of the band and, and I could see why you really just have to think about like what you were getting out of where it's just like the same thing of little Teferi. I I think it's a very similar van for a very similar reason. I definitely applaud the ban. I think it was, I think it was brilliant. And I think now we get to explore are there playable three drops in the format for decks that wanted to be more aggressive. Cause up, up to this point, nobody was even considering them. So
0: I, and so, so again, here, here, here's my initial thoughts that I put up on playing pioneer. Uh, welcome to a new era in pioneer one that we, in all honesty, should have been preparing for Luris is banned. If you're a long-time student Crew 3, then you'll know our stance on Luris, especially given the Luris watch we've been issuing the last several weeks. To be clear, I don't think Lurrus is a power level ban. It came down to a pure numbers game, and the numbers say that Luris generally makes up 33-plus percent of the reported challenge top 32 decklists. Don't get me wrong, Luris is certainly powerful, but ever since the companional nerf, she was always a shadow of her former self. Since that change, Luris stopped being part of the game plan in my eyes. No longer could Luris be relied on as the turn 4 or 5 game plan for the low-curve-aggressive decks. Now, Luris fell into two categories. Extra fuel for the fire went ahead, or an act of desperation to right a sinking ship. So what's the impact? Do Luris Lurus decks cease to exist? Do Orzhov, Auras, Blood, and Soul just disappear from the meta? Sure answer, no. Well, at least in the case of Auras and Blood, anyway. Both of these decks feature engines that are powerful enough to exist and build back without the Lurus fallback plan. Will they be tier 0? Most likely, no. But there will still be tiered 1.5 to tier 2 at the very least. And then I don't think decks like Boros, Burn even bat an eye. What it does do to the format though is take the horse blinders off. Players will now be actively encouraged to try out higher costing spells without the 1% Lurus advantage limiter being in place. Orzov of Humans is now encouraged to try out cards like Elite Spellbinder and Brutal Cathar. Then they might no longer be featherless and the 3 drop slot is open again and that's exciting. Will these change to those decks be good? Only time will tell. But it's great that these are questions players can ask again without being told, can't play Luris. Most important of all, though, it shows the Wizards recognize the potential issues with the format and cares enough to act on it. And that alone is something I think is worth celebrating for the format's future.
2: There you go. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I think ultimately it was one of those, uh it's one of those where you look at it and you're just like, uh, I'm going to have to ban this card later, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we all know that the Luris ban is coming at some point. We weren't at the critical, like, Mass of Luris decks, but like I think that it was inevitable, so I think that just ripping it off now is way easier than trying to wait until later and ban it then,
0: you know. And, and and I did double check, you know, I went through the last like what is this, uh, one, two, three, eight challenges. Um, and just for those of you to if you care, um, on the 12th there were 11 Luris decks, the 13th there were 15 Luris decks. On the 19th, there were 13. On the 20th, there were 13. On the 27th, there were 8. On the 28th, there were 10. On the 5th, there were eleventh, And then on the 6th, there were 11. So yeah, generally, about a third of the top 32 deck lists were Luris decks. And, you know, we don't know how many running leagues. It is just purely a numbers game with Luris, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, and again, like, I think you made the point, which is just like, <laughs> They're just playing it because of that of that percentage that it gives you, right? Like, Luris is a guaranteed thing, right? Which is why the companions were so good to begin with, and you didn't need to draw them or anything, right? Like, that removal of variance is just, you know, that percentage that you can guarantee is so good that it's just worth putting it in all your decks. And so why wouldn't you play it, right? Why wouldn't you cut the random card that you might draw, you might not, in order to play Lurus? You know, you'll hear me talk all the time about, like, why cards like necromentia or Cranial Extraction aren't very good. And it's because a lot of the times your opponent doesn't have the card and you're just lightning their draw stuff. So unless the, the opponent is incredibly dependent on whatever card it is, which could be the case, there are absolutely dedicated combo decks out there. But most of the time, it's just not a good card. And I saw I see newer players citing it in way too often um, because, again, you're, you're looking at lowering your percentage, whereas Lurus was a guaranteed percentage. So uh, hopefully we get to see some more three drops now, you know?
0: And, and, and I do think that, like, the the belief that aggro is dead is just a fallacy, right? The, it, it's, that's just not going to be the case. Oh, there no. are too many There's, decks. I mean, the
2: best red deck currently isn't using
0: Lurus anyways, because they want to play Torbrand and they want to play Chain Whirler.
1: Yeah, it, it's just like... I'm not trading in my red white aggro. I just might, I might try Lurus back into it, you know? Or sorry, my by Lurus, I meant, uh, I meant Feather. Feather. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, again, Boros is not going to care. Um, Orbs of Auras with, with... Um... Light pause now, doesn't care about having Lurus. I think the biggest aggro deck that loses is probably in Soul, and then, you know, the Blood deck definitely used Lurus as an engine for their, like, main game plan, but I think you just start switching to Herald of Anguish now, or heck, you probably don't even need it. Like, I, I've seen, like, Abzan builds now playing Hidden Stockpile, and both of those in combination with each other are probably gonna be good enough still. Like, I, I think people... I think the power of Lurus wasn't in the card itself. It's that it forced you to look at cheap, efficient spells and just was just the deck building training wheels.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree entirely. I, I just think that like, ultimately the card is just going to lead to more like homogenizing of the format than anything else. I think mm-hmm. like that we banned Smuggler's Copter because every aggro deck wanted to play it and like no. almost equally amount of a, uh, of decks were trying to play Loris, And I think Great point. the ban is just inevitable at that point, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I do understand the... I do think there is justified concern in the preemptive ban of, like, could this happen to the Del Spells? Yes, of course it could. And it's been a constant conversation. Now, I will say one point of conversation I don't like is the immediate switch I feel like there was from, hey, ban companion to... Maybe we didn't need to ban Luris after all within the last, you know, 24 hours since the announcement.
2: Hmm. I don't know anybody who would immediately just say we didn't need to ban Luris. I think most of the discourse I've seen, of course, I haven't seen all your discourse. uh, Most of the discourse I've seen is uh, good riddance. Yeah. You know, a couple of funny little like, oh, I'll miss the free wins, buddy. You know, like, uh, you know. Bowing in front of the Loris gods and stuff like that, but uh, most of that is definitely for modern, mm-hmm. where Loris was like actively just a problem. But I'm just sort of happy to get it out of here.
0: Yeah, I I, I just I just made the um, the Spider Man Iron Man meme of, but I'm nothing without Loris, right? And you don't deserve to have the companion. <laughs> yeah, you know. Overall, I I just think that it is going to be. Good for the run again. I mean, you know, I am excited to try out things in Orzhov humans because I do think we're going to see, at least for the first week or so with this, the um, an uptick in blue eye control. It's it's already been happening, and I think No Luris is really going to solidify that for the next week or so. Um, so I'm ready to play. You know, obviously I want to play five color humans, but someone was asking about Orzhov humans, and I was like, you know what? I think we can cut like. Um, uh, rally from the deck. I think we can cut a few cards. I'm going to try out cards like Elite Spellbinder. I'm going to play Graveyard Trespasser, because I tell you what, you know, the, the 5 coming deck looks fun, but Orzhov right now, I just want to be taking cards from my p- opponent's hand right now. Thoughtseize is going to be at a premium the next week or so, I think. Sure. I agree entirely. Um, you know what? Like, hey, all your burn decks now, start playing Bonecrusher Giant. Get some bigger threats. There's... There's so many good cards you can now just start thinking about playing just because you aren't just like, well, I can't play Luris now.
1: Yeah, well, and like I said, I think you guys talked about it, We're just like, there's just a lot more deck building options. You know, you don't feel pressure to play Luris. It's not something you have to like think about, right? And, um, you know, who knows? I don't think there's going to be a ton. And, and here's the thing it's like, I just don't think this affects the format that much. Yeah, I, I really don't. Like, I think, again, you're still going to see this, some of those same decks. Like, I'm not giving up on red, white. It's just going to be one of those deals where it's like, OK, I get a few more options now. Like, I think I honestly think that this is really good for the format for other reasons. You know, like, I think it was a solid band because, again, I see no reason for Lars to to exist, to be honest with you. Um, but I think this means other things for the format as far as like, oh, wait, they, like, they did something for Pioneer. you know?
0: Yeah, so I mean, well, again we'll, we'll save that they did something for Pioneer, but let's let's take a minute if you guys don't have any other just general thoughts on the band. And I do want to kind of take a minute to talk about the the kind of big decks that really played Lurus, and just get your opinion on where do they stand post band. I mean, I think Featherless Feather just gets to become Feather. Sure. So like that's what I'm saying. I just want to go kind of case by case here. So let's start Orzalores. Is the SRAM Light Paws combo good enough to keep this deck afloat? You just play a couple more protection spells. Uh, you go back to playing like Karamesh's Blessings. You call it a day. Is that deck still good? I think losing Luris is really bad for this deck.
2: And if anything, it might actually push us to green white instead
0: of black white. Really? Because I've played a bunch of auras and like, unless I was really ahead, I never felt like. Lurus is going to get me out of this. Well, like, I think that if we... If you look at what your pool of auras is at
2: three mana, like, the best one at three mana is definitely Unflinching Courage.
0: Ah, I was thinking, like, we have cards like Demonic Embrace now. Ooh, Demonic Embrace? I'm not sure about that one, but maybe. Um, But I think that, like,
2: Lurus helped that deck a lot, simply because uh, Lurus didn't just come back and cast, like, a random, like, threat it cast an engine, like you'd play Loris sure. and then play Light Lightpaws. And then you put your opponent essentially in like a split where they have to kill Loris, And then if they let Light Pause sit for one turn, it could just end, you know? So I think that Loris was the most helpful to this deck.
1: Yeah. I mean, it got you the most stuff back, right? It got you your creatures and your spells because your spells were enchantments.
2: Yeah. And your enchantments. Uh, it also like just, it was easy to slide into your hand for three mana, you didn't want to overcommit to the board and you just need to leave one mana up for your protection spell or your activation of Eidolon or, sure. or whatever it's called. Um, so I think that honestly, this deck hurts the most from losing Lurus.
0: I, I I don't agree with that.
2: I, I think that honestly, this is the one, this is the one. I don't think it's dead. I think it's going to stick around. It might change colors, pick up the hexproof creatures. But I think that for sure, Loris was the easiest slot in in this deck. And you could, like, as I said, once you build, like, a 10-10 Light pause, there's no need to play more auras on it. Like, you just put Loris in your hand in case your opponent outs your board, and then rebuild next turn.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And not right, well, many other about,
0: decks could do that. Okay, well, let's talk about in soul next. Um, we just, do we still, like... Is Michiko's Reign of Truth good enough still, or do we go back to blue-red? So, the Ingenious
2: Smith is the card that I think we're more interested in with white. Michiko's Truth is also really good, but, like, the reason, like, I feel like we're in white, other than Loris, was, like, cards like the Ingenious Smith and All That Glitters. So, I think that maybe All That Glitters gets a little worse. Mm-hmm. But we have Michiko's Truth now, which is probably a little bit better. Uh, I think that the deck is going to stick around. I don't think that, like, you played Luris and then played an Ornithopter, which was sort of cute, but that wasn't, like, back-breaking, you know? Sure. You played a Luris. you probably didn't have a, C- a Scissors target immediately unless it was a Darksteel Citadel. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like this deck losing Luris doesn't hurt it too bad. And it wants more sideboard room anyways
0: for more, like, niche counter spells. See, it's really funny to me that I feel like... Our thoughts on decks that are better and worse that Luris are inverted, because I think that auras that auras of auras having its like power engine still intact is better is better off without of Luris than Azorius in soul losing Luris just because it doesn't have that much of an engine to build back with with otherwise. So,
2: I generally like if you're if you're just sandbagging a second light pause or something with an aura to rebuild with auras. I don't know. In is sort of all in anyways. You're generally trying to like stack up on some indestructible guy or just build mm-hmm. a big Smith. I feel like rebuilding is hard in that deck anyways, right? Like if you cast sure. your Smith again, it's going to take a few turns to get the Smith big again. And like mm-hmm. if you're casting an Insoul again out of your graveyard, like maybe you already had a better target or something, you know? Sure. What do you think, Chris?
1: Um, I agree with you. I think that the Lurus ban is worse for Auras, but it's just because of how much your deck that you could get back. Again, I, I don't think either decks super cares about it. They're both very, very explosive. But um, I, from what I have seen with Light Paws in particular, I do think that Auras is the stronger deck of the two. And so maybe that's my maybe that's part of it, um, you know. Definitely, you go you can go a little bit wider with the in soul style deck, um, but. You know, like your your big one is how much you cared about your all that glitters or ethereal armor, right? Those are like just the really, really important cards you care about, as well as any really chief two drops. So once you have those in play, you have your engine, right? You've got an in soul for one mana or two mana based on how many other enchantments you have out. So like maybe that's just a an error because of how much, you know, I think that the uh, Aura's deck is well positioned right now. But given how much of your deck was a target for Aluras, you know, my view on it is... That while neither deck particularly cares, I do think it's worse
0: for the um, it, the Enchantments deck, the Auras deck. What's another Lurus deck? Um, I mean, like I said, we have just the Lurus Burn. I don't think the deck uh, cares.
2: Nobody cares about this in Lurus Burn. In fact, I think the people who are still running Lurus and Lurus Burn, um, you know, they're. Do they even remember it's there behind. half the time? Yeah. I think that the. The times they are a-changing in the burn world. Um, I honestly think
0: Hotshot Burn is really good. I love Hotshot Burn.
2: Uh, Reinforced Ronin is really good against a world of Portable Hole. It sure is. Um, that card's insane. Goblin Guide with protection.
0: Yeah. but uh, And without the drawback of Goblin Guide.
2: Exactly. So I think that like there's so many ways you can take burn right now that we don't need Lurus. Sure. How about Blood? Okay. Blood never needed Loris. I'll, I'll tell you, I play the deck. Okay. You lose a lot because you spin a bunch of wheels, but at the end of the day, your cards are kind of mediocre. And in order to win the game, you really need very big impactful cards. And I've been loving Herald of Anguish. Okay. I've been playing it as a four of. I've said, forget Loris. Recurring my Vildarin Epicures is not going to do me any good. Like, the the power is, like, finding one of your, like, Croxes and playing those, uh, or just spinning wheels and hope your opponent can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Herald of Anguish, you can just come down and close up the game pretty darn quick, so. Sure. I think that playing under Luris made that deck worse. I think that it's going to be much better without luras when people are going to spread out to play a little bit of a uh, little stronger artifacts
0: yeah
1: chris what do you think yeah i mean the, the blood deck is one that i have stayed away from so um you know i i have not played it as much i i might try and pick it up because again of how you know the standard relevance that it has but it seems to me as though that is the case right like i think especially that's a deck that i think as we get more cool artifacts you're gonna be glad that you don't feel the pressure to play luras Right. right and maybe then it's a bad thing maybe then you're like oh i wish i had the choice between playing these things or, or loris but there's some cool stuff you could be doing i mean you know don't forget there's the improvised artifact out there there's like different kind of storm stuff so like again it's just splashing it up for a three drop which i don't think is insane for an aggro deck to play or like a mid-rangey type deck to play um i, I think it's fine again i mean you know hey what if you wanted to play mayhem devil because you end up you want to sacking a bunch of stuff and that's your favorite creature or something right like Exactly. No, Actually, nothing stopped you before, but, you know, again, if you were somebody who was going to sit there in min-max, then whatever. And again, you know, you always have the choice of not playing Loris, but, you know, it's nice that now everybody's going to
0: be on the same footing, right? Pick your three-drop you want to play. And does everyone just go back to food now, do you think? Or do you think Blood just still hangs around still? I think Blood's going to stick around, because I think Blood's a different deck from food. Okay, yeah. Um, the kind of the last one I really have in my head is... Um, it's just kind of Orzov humans. This because I've been doing just writing a bunch about humans lately. Um, I've got a sequel article to my archetype jam coming out next week, where I talk about the various human builds. Um, and honestly, Lurisban has been really excited for humans because I feel like it helps balance out a lot of the issues I just had with Orzov to begin with. Now I get to play with Adeline. Now I get to look at elite Spellbinder. Now I get to look at Graveyard Trespasser as a card in that deck. There are a lot of just really good three drops we now get access to that I'm super excited about because we're not just like saying like, oh, just play Lurus But when adding all those cards in, the question is going to just turn into, is Selesnia and Coco just better? Do we just play Absent? Honestly, like, you know, I still need some more reps with five color humans. Um, So right now I'm going to say like Slezny is still like my preferred way to play, but I'm excited to explore the possibilities in Orzov and Abzan, and uh, I still need to give Five Color a real, real go at it. What do you guys think about humans? I mean, I think it's
2: time. Wake up and smell the Manus Rider, right? I mean, I bought them. I mean, like smell the Manus Rider, smell the Reflector Mage, Uh, you know, I think it's time to get real wild with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that it's absolutely great to uh reach out and experiment with all sorts of different colors and other three drops and stuff like that. Even like even
0: just keeping Orzhov and getting to play cards like uh Big Thalia. Mm, I still don't know Big Thalia's there, but I said like stick with Or Orzhov and like Adeline adding um Oh Adeline's really could, good too. We could play Kudro, Graveyard Trespass, Orlead Spellbinder, Brutal Cathar. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a human I wanna play. This sounds awesome. Because I just, I just feel like these next couple weeks, people are just gonna be jamming all the blue eye control they can, because they think aggro's not around anymore, um uh, and they're just gonna try to prey on the mid range decks. Um, I just want to thoughtsies them all to death. Right. Time to time to say knock knock. If thoughtsies, right? Yeah. Knock knock. uh I'm really glad I invested in Rakdos mid range and not bought and didn't buy meat hook massacres. Right. Woo. Good dodge on those uh on those. Meat I hook know. Massacres. I mean, we can play uh, other cards now, but I mean, it's still a good card. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. so, so the other question is, you know, obviously three drops are legal now. Unbanning three drops is pretty cool. <laughs> Unbanning three drops is pretty cool. But the question is, have we unbanned Rhino yet? No, never.
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like how quick.
2: Come cast your stupid rhinos. I'm going to play a rat and run a flying building into your face with angels and you're going to gain three life and you're going to have a fun time gaining that three life.
1: I've got a four or five with trample. What do you have?
2: As I said, 13 damage in the air with two angels that stick around and probably the ability to swing it next turn.
1: Now you don't think your math adds up to me.
2: I got one greasy rat. that's I've, here never, to... I've never
1: learned to read or write, but your uh, math doesn't add up.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Young man. Uh, I just think that the days of crackling doom into Rhino are over.
1: I think one of the things that, like, you know, you got to look at is, especially now, like, crackling Drake just does so much. It's like, it's it's also a really big creature. It's got an evasion, and it draws me a card. I'd probably rather have the card than the, than the six-point life swing, but, like, I don't know. Like, there's no reason you can't play Siege Rhino and Pioneer. You know, if you want it as like a super mid rangey threat. Where did
0: Crack where did Crackling Drake come into the mix? Did you just mishear Crackling Doom? Huh? No, Crackling Drake's a four yeah, mana. Crackling creature. Drake's
2: another four drop
0: that he's played. Okay, alright. Yeah. Alright. Like a, name four
2: other four break. drops that he play in Pioneer is like that and Phoenix, but nobody plays four mana for Phoenix.
0: Right. Uh Chandra. I don't we'll see a we'll lot talk of Chandra. About creatures,
2: or uh Karn. Uh Kalidas is a valid one, and Rankle, I guess, too. Um but what I'm saying is like there's not that many viable four drop creatures, and when you start comparing the viable four drop creatures like Omnath, right, to Rhino, yeah. it just like you get you get a little uh, a little sad real fast.
1: Rhino would normally have a 33 and a third percent chance of winning,
2: right? But Omnath's a genetic freak. And it's
1: not normal. Right, right. So it's just like, eh. I mean, like I said, there's no reason you can't play this, game, but the, the, the color is just a little too intense. I think if Siege Rhino was just Orisov colors, we'd have ourselves a card. I really do. So, I, I think you could play so like some blinks. So you're
0: talking about playing Bellhaunt then? Yeah. Functionally. Okay. I'm here for Bellhaunt. I mean,
1: it's a 4-5 with Trample. I mean, like it's a little bit bigger, right? It attacks a little better. So
0: I'm just saying that like if, you, if you're just like, oh, if we just had Rhino that was Orisov, mean, we have that. That's just Bellhaunt. I mean, you know,
1: I'd rather have my Rhino, but but I, I hear you. I hear you. Should have had a V eight. I
0: don't know why I said that. Uh, can we just have like? Dr- can we just make Drainer Tribal? Like, can we play Haunt and Rhino? Hold on. Doesn't Bellhant make your opponent discard a card? I didn't think it drained.
1: Uh, I thought they I thought they discarded a card, but I think you. Yeah. I thought you also gained life. Yeah,
0: three. they discard a card, and you gain three yeah, life. Yeah. Right. They don't.
1: They don't get domed for three.
0: But like I said, I,
1: I could see donating them for three being relevant. Like, if you wanted to invent Abzan sack for some reason, right, you could do it. I don't know. Like, if, maybe with these new triumphs, you just play four colors, because why not? And then just get to play your rhinos, because you love rhinos. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This is just crazy. Uh, it's a magical world. I'm, I'm, I'm just a
0: man who wants to cast a rhino, right? Mm-hmm. Look, all I'm saying is, I turned all my meat hook money into rhinos, and now I have to buy 480 pounds of grass a day to feed them. There you go. Right, that makes sense. That seems like a smart investment. It was. It's pretty good. Like, all joking aside, though, like,
2: if you want to play Rhino, there's probably a shell for it, because that's how sort of Pioneer works. I just don't think that playing Rhino is, is optimal. Oh, that's,
1: that's for sure.
2: I will definitely tell you to chase your FNM dreams with Rhino. You can definitely amass enough other good cards around Rhino. Rhino's not a bad card, but I do think that, like, when you're playing Pioneer, I do think that, like, Pioneer is starting to become the new modern in a way in which casual players will just sort of build decks and they're like, it's just a Pioneer deck, right? Yeah, are casual players playing a different format than us is what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is, like, that's the quote-unquote appeal to modern and why, like, in surveys and stuff like that, people claim that they play a lot more modern because casual players will build 60-card decks and they'll just say, yeah, it's a modern deck, because it only has cards from Murad and Ford, right? And well has just... nice cards
0: from Modern Horizons too.
2: <clears throat> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean that's a that's an actual modern deck though. But uh I think now and now we get, we're getting more people who are a little fed up with the card prices in Modern uh competitively and they're moving to Pioneer. And then we've also got casual players that started more recently and they are showing up and they're like, Oh yeah, I've got a Pioneer deck, it's just 2013 back, right? And it's like, yeah, there's a few bands. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've had quite a few people show up with just sort of random 60-card decks, and they might have had a Modern Horizons 2 card shoved in there every now and then. They were just like, hey, this card's not legal. Just replace it with a basic land, you know? And they're out here having a good time, and I'm, I'm here for that. That's what Pioneer can be as well. And if you want to play your Rhinos, play your Rhinos. But also, if you're going from FNM to something more competitive, if we ever get something more competitive... Star City, <laughs> uh, then probably leave the rhinos at home and play something a little more competitive.
1: Great analysis by Ricky. Way more nuanced than no never.
0: And that's exactly why I think that the announcement of the Luris ban is more important than the Luris ban itself. Uh, going back, to that again, our philosophy for Pioneer is to create the most compelling sandbox built from recent standard formats. So does this mean we figured out the answer to what the hell do we do with the arena? Um, Again, I think the biggest thing for it that I said is the fact that like clearly pioneers a big enough thing for them. And they fit there. They are thinking ahead to the formats, future health and saying, Hey, we're already made this in modern. Why don't we just take it out in pioneers in as well? Right. Um, Clearly they are saying that, we're trying to build a compelling sandbox, again, from the most – from recent standard formats, which to me also means Horizon sets are off the table at least for the foreseeable at least year. I don't know what their, their life cycle is right. But like realistically though, I think this is a good sign that like – again, Pioneer is at least several years out from being artificially controlled with Horizon sets. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we have to have a – Pioneer Masters before we can have a Pioneer Horizon. and I'm still hoping that's what that big uh, to-be-announced Pioneer hype is going to be later this year. Me too, buddy. Me too. Uh, though, honestly,
2: like, have you noticed some prices have gone really down on some Pioneer cards? Yeah. You, it's a great time. You you noticed Ulamog's down to, like, 20 bucks? What? Yeah. Really? This is fun. We were looking it up uh, last night. Like, somebody told me, like,
0: Ulamog was nothing
2: you laugh uh, in their it's face. Still, it's still
0: 50 bucks on TCG player really
2: man I got I got a I got a scam play last night where I was showing the wrong Ulamog. somebody showed me a TCG player at like 26 well forget me never mind the the, the world isn't healing gas prices are going up so are your Ulamog prices yep anyways moving on. Yeah, I was saying Ulamog is low as forty five dollars. Were you shown original Ulamog? I think that must have been what happened is somebody was like I was like, Ulamog's still expensive and they were just like, No, it's like twenty bucks and I was like, Oh,
0: weird. Now even original Ulamog's like fifty bucks still. Alright, I don't know what you guys do. I'm smoking. Someone's like, I'm just gonna make my own card price website just Dude, to they make got my me. trades better. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> trade for one. So, you know, that's good. Anyway, like, what, what do you guys think just overall? Like, do you do you agree with me in that, like, just this announcement itself happening is a good sign that shows that we are still in the eye of Wizards? I, so I am excited
2: and terrified by this, right? Yeah. A lot of good formats have been in the eye of Wizards. And, uh, you know, that they, they let the money get to them and the money changed them, you know? And then Modern Horizons 2 and Modern Horizons seven and we're banning splinter twin for no reason except for format diversity uh you know
0: i'm just Look at you you make enough money and you start thinking you're better than the olive garden you start eating at the macaroni grill
2: oh that's the mistake nobody eats a macaroni grill
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i
1: think well i just wanted to say that i think that you uh you know again i think we're all pretty much agreement here but i think you absolutely nailed it i will say that there was a point that Ruckman made a few weeks ago that I'm kind of starting to come around to where my only concern now is I'm kind of like, well, man, like I'm having such a fun time playing Pioneer. If we're not going to have big events, then I I don't know that I want Wizards to touch Pioneer more, you know? Like, if all I'm going to get to play is locals, don't F up my local meta game, you know, by by doing whatever it is, releasing some random nonsense, throwing it, whatever. Like, while I am, I thought about it the other night, I am really, really, really annoyed that I can't play my favorite format on my phone. I don't know. Like, I, I have just been having such a fun time. I've, I'm able to afford, right? Like, a will quite a few decks without feeling bad, right? Like, I don't feel bad yeah. spending, you know, 50 bucks to complete most of a deck and playing like a slightly suboptimal version of a deck until I can fill it out. Like, and, and I can go and just battle with my buddy, right? Because we both have multiple decks, or I can go to a 20-person locals that always has consistently 20 people. Different people show up every week, but people are excited for Pioneer because why wouldn't you be the format so affordable and it is um, accessible, right, in, in many ways that I'm kind of like, well, you know, maybe we don't want more attention because, like, we have such a perfect little bubble here, and I wonder if three years from now we're going to look down the line at at you know, as, as people do get more and more invested in the format, at Pioneer Horizons three, and go back and go, man, look how stupid we were when, when it all went wrong, you know, in in uh, July of twenty twenty two or something like that. So, um, just to kind of take a different direction, I mean, I, I you know, this is an episode where I have nothing other, nothing negative to say. I mean, I think this is great. I think it was a uh, a look ahead right at Pioneer. Somebody paid attention, and and I hope that it wasn't just a typo where they were like, yeah, let's just delete it in two formats that they managed to justify. I really hope there we're stopped, put into this. But uh, this is good on all accounts, right? Like, I'm happy with the band. They did something for Pioneer instead of letting it sit for three months and then being mad at the player base for complaining about it, right? Like, we were literally just going to start talking about, it, like, oh, man, like, what's Luris doing? And there was already action taken on it. So I, I just don't know how I-, I could be upset at all. Like, this seems like all good things. It seems like hopefully there's an eye being being cast towards Pioneer for to some extent. I don't know, you know?
0: And I do want to say that, like, sure, sorry, it's going to be that, like, Lurus was just kind of like, like, obviously, we only really started harping on Lurus Watch the last, like, three weeks now. Um, but it's it's always been this way, right? Like, even, even post Companion, Lurus has always been a major part of the horror, We only just sort of just now started talking about it. So I don't want to think, like, because I've been kind of torn to just, like, the the idea of if we gave it just a few more weeks, would it still have been, like, would Blood still be this major, major, like, pain in the, in the format? And, and the answer is, like, probably not, but is Lurus still going to be a third plus of all of the events? A hundred percent, because it's it's one card in six different decks. Right.
2: I think you're exactly right. I think that this was a phenomenal ban, And a good, like, nod from Wizards that we're still here, which is always something you gotta a little worry about a little bit,
0: just be like, does Wizards know that we're still out here playing Pioneer? Yeah, are are we gonna be, like, always sunny when the Fox execs walked in, we're like, what are you guys doing? It's like, we work here. Oh! Oh! I don't think they know we work here. Yep.
2: (laughs) So, I, I think that, you know, all in all, all I can say is positive, and, uh... I hope we continue to be able to only say positive things. But knowing Watsy, I'm not also, uh, you know, I'm ready for the next yeah. uh, big uh, bungle up, you know? It's going to happen someday. I'm ready for. Double wild card required to craft pioneer cards.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Whatever, yeah. How can, how can we nickel and dime everybody as hard as we can? Right, right. But I mean, I, you know, a lot of reasons to be excited, right? I think the format's absolutely insanely good, and and maybe this is a sign of things to come.
0: There, there was actually also just a survey that went out for Arena that I didn't take it myself just because I'm kind of off the Arena mail list. I just haven't logged into Arena in like two years now. And it looked like it was actually pretty heavily based on, like, thoughts on economists and stuff like that. So, clearly, things are moving and shaking, probably, potentially. You know, they're at least starting the groundwork to see where to take things.
1: Yeah. Things
0: are, at the very least, moving.
1: (laughs) Yes. I I think that's a positive sign. I I think it's a little too late, because, like, how are they ever going to reach me? Right? Like, I'm not logging into Arena to take a survey. You know, like uh, maybe I would if no if they one understands like,
2: oh, you, how can they right, reach you? Right,
1: right. It's like you're going to have to send me an email to this point to ask me about how how crappy your arena program is. Whereas like Master Duel was like, oh, yeah, I'm like everybody. It's the first couple weeks of the game. Like, hey, that's when we're going to send out a survey because we're going to attach it to gyms. Right, so it was attached to in-game currency. You bet I took that survey, and I let them know what I liked and what I didn't like. And I liked most things, and there was a, like maybe one or two things that I didn't like. That I was like, hey, here's some places you could work on, and there was my feedback. You know, Wizards doesn't care about my feedback. They they like they want me to pay to take the survey, right? Like right. give us a dollar, and then you can give us a survey. We'll think about reading it.
0: You know, like I'll I'll tell you how they're gonna reach you, Chris. they cheat. I guess they can't. I guess they won't. <laughs> What? Oh, come on. the the South the South Park episode? I'm i stuck on Gangsters Paradise when they when they made fun of when they made fun of stand up and deliver and Cartman was teaching inner city kids how to cheat on the test like Bill Belichick.
2: It's a good episode. I understand your reference. However, I think mine was just a better one.
0: Yeah, I spoke I, I to Chris.
2: Like,
1: you did. He, okay. The thing is, Rookie knows that I know Gangsters Paradise because I know all songs. Uh, uh-huh. you got lucky that I had a grandma that I spent all my summers with and even knowing who Angela Lansbury and or Tom Selleck were.
2: <laughs> I had no idea any of that conversation.
0: It's just kind of interesting because Ricky, Chris's, Chris's, uh, Tom Selleck knowledge dropped off. It's Tom Selleck for the last couple of years also had a very major cable TV show. In the form of Blue Bloods. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah, we we I literally talked about Blue Bloods with somebody earlier tonight. And oh, I was like, see? I didn't know that he was still around. And they're like, oh, actually, this and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I had heard of that show. I just didn't know that he was in it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm never playing Trivial Pursuit with Ruckman. It's never going to happen. I- I'm not yeah. doing it I- except for the sports category. I don't know where I'd win. I guess I'd maybe beat him in music, but anything movies or TV I don't know anybody that holds a candle to Ruckman's cultural knowledge. And it's really
0: impressive. Uh, you're you're going to beat me in sports. That's well, for I'll, sure. I'll
1: cream either of you in sports. And, and just because I know a little bit about all the sports, like I know a little bit about freaking cricket. I watched competitive arm wrestling growing up on ESPN three because, you know, I, I had that kind of time.
0: I, the pro tour is over.
1: Right, what else right, watch right, I watched this? I watched professional dominoes. I've got you guys covered in sports, but, but in the movies,
2: I've been watching competitive, mario super strikers baseball recently
1: well that's that's not going to be in trivial pursuit so it's
2: I, it's out
0: there I, man. I gotcha. it's, it's
1: it exists i, I bet that it is but
0: we didn't like just get a discord call and watch like japanese high school baseball at 2 a.m right yeah right i mean right.
1: i'm between the three of us we got it because i know that ricky knows so much about music uh, that I think between the three of us, we would we would make a formidable team in any given.
0: We need we need to find like a pub trivia challenge, right? And right,
1: and see how we stack yeah. up. Yeah, see how we stack. Right. up. that's right. All
0: right. Well, it seems like Magic Talk is over. We've talked enough about Luris. We'll be back next week for the regular meta coverage and whatever else is going on in Pioneer at the time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens our first week without Luris, uh, gentlemen. Anything? Uh, anything else before we close out here? No, I'm I'm Thanks. good. Thanks, Thanks great, for listening. That's all right, that's all. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, of course. Uh, quick little content roundup. Uh, like I said, I've answered a couple. Ma- I'm answering a couple of mailbag questions this week. on playing Pioneer. I'll have another archetype gym coming out uh, next week. Talking about the human variants. I talked about the ban- of the spirit variants uh, over the weekend. Uh, of course, this weekend episode three of the Pioneer progression series will come Ooh, out with me and Ricky. We added Dragon's Maze to our pool. Somebody added uh, Dragon's that is- Maze to their pool.
2: I added <laughs> a lot of gates to my pool. Yeah? Not much of the Dragon's Maze cards.
0: I added a bunch of Dragon's Maze cards. I didn't get many of those. We got a lot of gates. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, though, that of course can all be found on playingpioneer.com and then the Crew 3 YouTube channel, Crew 3 MTG. Gentlemen... Where can people find you on the socials? Oh, you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore
1: Christmas. Christmas has no tea. Christmas has no tea.
0: You can find you me on Twitter at,
2: at also Steve. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at Dormonster and on Twitch streaming at
0: Door Monster TV. Does, t- does Steve have a T? Yeah, Steve's got a T. All right, cool. And of course, I am at Crew Three Podcast where I talk about all great things Uh, what I'm buying and pioneer stuff going on. You can see a wonderful portrait of my cat. I have hanging above her food and water bowl now uh, because she owns this apartment. Uh, And of course, like I said, I stream one, one night a week now, and then the VOD gets uploaded to crew three MTG on YouTube and Twitch. And of course, like I said earlier, shout out to our Patreon, patreon.com slash crew three MTG. We have three great tiers available and con exclusive content that goes up there once a month the monthly swag bag, all kinds of good stuff. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.